It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Roethlisberger's back. He's looking. He's hit. He's pulling away, but he can't get free. Brandon Brandon Graham Graham with another sack. All right, so here we are, the first edition. You know, this podcast doesn't have a name yet, but... You know what I mean? We're just going to... We've been talking about this for the longest time. Exactly. Me and you both need to get a podcast together, Two Football Minds. Chopping it up about real football. Exactly. You know, not not any of that uh, fanboy talk. Or, no. And not even fanboy, but just not not coming from a good a good perspective. Let's put it that way. Because there's nothing wrong with a fan that writes. We appreciate you guys out there that, that are doing that. But today what we want to do, just to kick this off on BGN, by the way, make sure you... you Consistently tune into Bleeding Green Nation. Bleeding you know, Green Nation. This is this is where it's at, and uh, we're going to kick it off and talk about the cornerbacks today because after practice, I tell you, I I had to talk to Patrick Robinson. I, I have my doubts about Somebody what's going on to. in the cornerback position. So uh, let's just uh, take a look at it. I mean, looking at the corner so far. You've been here for for a week. Who has stood out to you from the cornerback position? Well, of course, you know, is when you don't see a cornerback, when they kind of blend in a little bit because they're covering their guy, the quarterback won't throw to them. Mm. And I think the biggest player right now is Ron Brooks. I think he's playing well enough that you could really look at him as being either the number one or number two corner on this team. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Ron Brooks because the day before uh, all the veterans came, I talked to him. And he was telling me about how he's finally comfortable, how he's not thinking about anything that's, that's, that's happened as far as the injury. He, he's comfortable planting his foot and driving, which as a corner, you have to be able you to do to. that. So you got to. I, I like Ron Brooks as an option. He's, he seems to have taken a stronghold on, on that, that nickel position. Yes, he has. You put him outside, I mean, you know, one of the groups I run with, football game plan, we always say size is not a skill. And he's he's not the biggest corner, but you put him outside and he has that feistiness to hold his own because exactly. you figure when a receiver goes up to get the ball, he has to come down. And Brooks is that guy that will fight as that corner's coming down, uh, the receiver's coming down with the ball. Yeah, and if you look at Brooks also, the reason you haven't heard a lot about him, he hadn't, you know, they, they're not writing about him right now, 
because the quarterback doesn't throw to him because his mm-hmm. guy is not open. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. If your guy's not open, they're not going to throw to you, so you're not going to see a lot of what he does and what he brings to the table. And you look at him, he's very, very aggressive. He understands where he needs to be. He understands conceptually what he needs to do in this defense. He understands, all right, if it's, if it's cover two, he's got to make sure that he, he's got that flat area. If he's inside in the slot position, he knows he's got to cut routes off, alter mm-hmm. routes. And that's what he does. So it doesn't look like he's open, so the quarterback doesn't throw to his guy. So that's why you don't hear a lot from him. Another guy that's, that you're not hearing a lot from, and that's because he's holding it down on the outside, that's C.J. Smith. We talked about him a little bit before we, we kicked this off. And I tell you, he just carried that momentum from last year. He came in, and I, I remember in, in rookie minicamp, Carson, his, his teammate from college, Carson Wentz, was picking on him, and he was getting beat. But once he settled in, and that's the thing that I, I want a lot of people to understand, that this type of situation coming here, especially from a school like North Dakota State, exactly. you know, you have to settle in. You're not going to come in here and just ball out immediately unless you're 100% that guy. And let's face it, he went undrafted, so he is not that guy exactly. coming in, but he's developed into that guy. And you know, if you look at him, he has the size to be a good corner, athletic, has mm-hmm. the speed. You don't talk about speed with him. He has the speed to go out there and cover guys. I like how he plays the game. He's aggressive, but he's not overbearing. He understands that he needs to place a hand here, get it off, and run with the guy. We have a lot of on this team, right? We have a lot of grab and touch guys mm-hmm. and pulling guys, and that might hurt us when the season starts, you know. But at this point, he's deserved and earned the right to move up the ranks as far as being one of the better corners on this team. C.J. Smith did a lot when I, I remember. What, I remember a game. Well, what was it? The Indianapolis game where he really cut his teeth and showed that he belongs on the NFL mm-hmm. roster. Mm-hmm. And he started to get comfortable that Tampa game. That the his first game as a pro he yes, started to get comfortable action, yes. I think he had an interception there yep. but see the thing you mentioned it too you don't have that grabbiness and that's something that makes him different from the other corners on the yes, outside yes. Uh, we all know you know anybody that's been following my work you know I'm I'm, I'm big on Rasul Douglas I really like Rasul Douglas he's as big, a corner physical, yes he's big he's physical but along with that physicality comes Grabbing now, <laughs> as he as he gets to to learn in in the league, he'll be able to hide that grabbing a little more. It's, it's a little out in the open, yeah. but you know <laughs> it's blatant now. Bro. Yeah, it's blatant now. Yeah, it's I, hey Sue, I try to be you know <laughs> I, I I try to be friendly. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we gotta no, cut you call, that call down a spade a, a spade. At yeah. this point, he's at this next level, so we can't really back off as much as we want to mm-hmm. because you know we we like the kid. We think he's gonna be a really good player once he adapts to the speed of the game. At this point. He He's not confident in the speed of the game. He's not confident in his speed. So he's going to reach out and grab a little bit, bring the receiver towards him, as opposed to hitting him and running with him and and, and playing within the refines of what this defense has to offer. So yeah. he's good, but, I mean, C.J. Smith, he understands, oh, I can run with any of them. Yep. I can hit get off the block, and go make plays. And he's starting to learn now. He's have a lot of confidence in him. And I tell you what, it's not just he that has confidence in himself. But a lot of say, I heard Malcolm Jenkins talking about him the mm-hmm, other day. Mm-hmm. He likes him. You know, guys, older veterans are starting to say, hey, this guy can go out. He can play. I got a lot of confidence in C.J. Smith. C.J. Smith can play with the big boys. We got to get him out there. And he's starting to get that. And, you know, the DB coach, you know, say he started to turn the cheek a little bit also. Like, oh, yeah. hey, he can play a little bit, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he, say, yeah. 
You know, the thing when you look at Sewell and, and you look at Jalen Mills, both guys, like they're, they're the more flashy player. You know, they're the ones that will come up with, with more impactful plays. Yes, but along yes. with those impactful plays, they'll give up some plays because they like to gamble. Exactly. And not only that, we're talking about jumping that out, you know and what I mean, and receiving and stick his foot in the ground and go up field. Right, right. And, and that's double why – Exactly, the double moves. That's why when you look at just the total picture – I really like them, but I think having these two guys as your starting corner, corners is going to force you to go to a lot more cover two man. Exactly. And you don't want to be limited to just that because when teams start running the football, you need to have those, those especially a guy like Malcolm Jenkins who hits like a linebacker. You need to uh, allow him to be able to play up uh, at the line of scrimmage in, in the box. Well, you know, you look at Malcolm will have the ability this year as opposed to last year of playing safety as yeah. opposed to playing corner. Yeah. Last year he was forcing in fact, if you know if you really ask me who's the best corner on the team, I gotta say Malcolm Jenkins. So probably Malcolm Jenkins is number one, Ron Brooks number two. Mm-hmm. As far as the skill set, what he brings to the table. I also like the fact that, you know, you look at Malcolm, he can now be that quarterback of the system. He can read plays and as they develop in front of him and go take chances that he couldn't do when he's playing in that slot. When you're in that slot you're focused on one guy. You're, you're focused yep. on the slot receiver. That's your man right there. Now he can sit back, evaluate, diagnose, and then come downhill and make plays. And that's why I think his better his skill set better helps him. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Two guys that we haven't mentioned, and we purposely kind of went around Patrick Robinson. We're going to come back to him. But two guys that we haven't mentioned, Aaron Grimes. I think Aaron Grimes is a guy who is going to earn some playing time. No question, yes. He's more than likely pigeonholed to that slot position, that nickel, yes. you know, bumping inside. Yep. And it's funny talking to him. He says that's he that's where he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to know that he has that linebacker help, you know, inside if he has to funnel the guy inside. Uh, he likes the physicality of being able to play inside as well. So he's someone I think, you know, he and Ron Brooks are going to battle for that that spot. I think Ron Brooks is going to emerge as the starter, but Grimes will definitely be in the mix. I think Grimes is well-suited to play in there because he's used to that contact. He's used to guys moving around him because he comes from the, from that from that Canadian football. Yeah, man. So now he has a guy running full speed exactly, at him. He's, exactly. He has to go out there and cover him. So, he, you know, so speed doesn't, you know, it doesn't – Make him shudder at all. He understands. All right, you gonna run, and then you, go, I have to cover you. Mm-hmm. So he's used to that mix. He's used to getting out there and battling real quick. So he's comfortable. In fact, if you look at it, the two guys from that uh, play Canadian football that are on the team got more starts than the starting corners on our yeah. team right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Combined Canadian starts have more starts than our starting DBs at this point. So and you that's mentioned a lot of experience. You mentioned the two guys. I mean, let's get right into it. Mitch White. I, I really like him. Yes, I, yes. I really noticed him. Uh, initially during minicamp when they were they cut the field and half, they working three on threes and there was a period he had two or three pass breakups. It was very hard to throw the ball deep on him. I oh, really no like his his ball skills as far as the time. He doesn't always come down with it. Right. But very rarely are guys getting a deep pass against him. You look at uh, I think there was who was it? Uh um it would pick he he got beat by Shelton Gibson and Foles this was when when Foles was healthy. And Foles was late on the throw, and you saw him 
use his closing speed, go up and knock the ball away. I love that he doesn't panic if he's exactly. Beat. And you know he's comfortable with riding the receiver out on his hip. Mm -hmm. Like he he turns around and is able to locate the ball and go attack it at the highest point. Like you said, he doesn't come down with it, but he's comfortable slapping that arm down, having yeah. that contact, looking where he is, and really finding out where he needs to be to make a play. And you need that. We didn't have that last year. How many balls did Nolan Carroll? Did not turn around. He doesn't turn around. Come yeah, on, man. you got to turn around. Yep. The big. He might have dropped more pass, more interceptions from hitting his back than any <laughs> DB I've seen in my life. Yeah, it's it's amazing how he didn't turn around. And I mean, Nolan Carroll's a guy. I like his footwork. But, Me too. I mean, I mean he's, he's covering the guy, but it's hitting him in the back. You, you, yeah, you have to turn. You have to have that awareness. Yes, and, I and, mean, if anything, read the receiver's eyes. You see him get big. You know, turn around. You, you got to know to do that. So there's little things that you know these DB. I don't see these DBs working on that. I you know when I played, I had you know. You know, I was blessed to be able to play with guys like Bobby Taylor, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mac McMillan, Mark McMillan. Mark was a Mighty guy. Mouse. Yeah, Mighty Mouse. I was about to call him Mighty Mouse, but I said, nah, they might not know who Mighty Mouse is, so I had to <laughs> stop myself. But, uh, you know, Mark would look a guy dead in the eyes. And, you know, that's kind of intimidating. Even though he's a little guy, he would look a guy dead in his eyes. As soon as he come off the break, he'd be watching him as he comes forward. Then he'd break on it, you know. So he used his size to his advantage because he knew guys couldn't run behind him. Mm. I don't see guys doing that. And he also was a master. All right, looking at a guy. So once his hands did like this, once a guy did like this, that's when he did like this. Yeah. He knocked his yeah. hands down yeah. and got his eyes at where the ball is. That's little things the guys don't work on these days. It's funny you mentioned Bobby Taylor because Troy Vincent, when he was here, he watched uh, Sue Douglas, and, and he said he sees a lot of similarities. So, hey, I mean, that's a really exactly. good Exactly. I said the same thing. Bobby Taylor said Bobby didn't have a lot of speed. You know, he wasn't a speed merchant. But Sewell played the same way. Bobby played that way because he had to. He played with bigger receivers. He had mm -hmm. to play against guys, the guy from Dallas. You know, he had to yeah, play against Irvin. the playmaker. Yeah. So the playmaker's not a fast guy, but he's a physical guy. Mm -hmm. So he had to be up on him. He had to touch and grab him and pull him a little bit because that's what Michael Irvin was doing also. He reminds me a lot of him. His demeanor, you know, how he, you know, he was cocky to a point, but he let his play do the talking for him. Sewell's a guy, he may talk a little more than Bobby, but he has the same mannerisms as Bobby Taylor. Yeah. We came out the same. In fact, he was 2A and I was 2B. 1995, really? that draft. You know, he was 2A. How about that? You know, How my guy. That? Yeah, that's what's up. I'm going to actually talk to Sewell about that tomorrow. Ask, <laughs> ask him if he watched by Bobby Taylor. But, all right, so we talked about all the corners, except for one guy. You know what happened today. Bombs over Baghdad, man. Man, it's, it's, it, you know, it, it, it comes to a point in your life where you either – or get off the pot. Mm -hmm. You can't continue to bleed. You can like say that. shit, Barrett. By the way, oh, I, I, oh, I can't. Okay, yeah, this is a podcast. Damn it, yes, I go. can say shit. Okay, it's time to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, yeah. you got to go out and make a play, man. And I, it, I'm not talking about a young guy, a, 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 a young DB that you know has to be coddled a little bit. No, this is ninth year. This is ninth year. He was a first round draft, so it's time to live up to the ability that we. Thought he had, but I don't think he has that ability because he hasn't shown it since then. This is your ninth year. You're 30 years old. You got to be able to play this game, man, and I just don't see it. I saw him get beat too many times. He got rookies beating him. How you got mm -hmm. rookies beating him? Matt Come Collins on. just running wild. Matt Hollis feels as though he was a pro bowler today. <laughs> a pro bowler today. You yeah. know, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, I was all hype on, on, on Johnson catching that long pass until I saw who it was on. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm like, these guys looking better than they're supposed to be looking because they played against him. And, and let's talk about that long pass. And, and and here's the thing, folks. Everybody is going to blame. Now, if, if you're talking about the same one I'm talking because Marcus Johnson caught two on him. But I know there was one where everyone blamed Rodney McLeod for that, right? And, yeah, it's different from the one you're talking about because Patrick Robinson failed to get a jam at the line. Right. And you saw Marcus Johnson scream down that scene. And Carson hit hit him, and it was just before Rodney McLeod could get over there. Right, right. But the naked eye – well, I'm not going to say the naked eye. Uh, they saw – a lot of people saw McLeod slow to get over there but didn't see the whole play. Well, you know what, though? On that play, it was cover two. Yeah. So cover two. Jam fun. Go ahead. He's supposed to jam him, just like you said, jam and cover him. And people don't understand the cover two. That, see, this is the next level. This is the next level stuff that you guys don't get from regular people. There's some good shit here. When you run a cover <laughs> two and you got a safety over the top, but when you're that corner and you have a guy lined up over you, if that route turns into a deep go or a nine route or, or, or a straight nine route going down the field, it turns into man with that corner. So since he was in his zone, he mm-hmm. didn't have a flash because it turned into a man route right. because he ran up. The, so he was supposed to lock on to him, man, which would give uh, give him a little time to get over the top of him. But he exactly. missed him and didn't run with him, and it was all bad after that. And after practice, I kind of made my way over to Patrick Robinson and got him to open up a little bit, and he acknowledged that. You know, he, he said he has to – play the techniques that, that he's taught. He right. has to play the covers, and he specifically mentioned cover, too, and that's exactly where that See, problem was. That's what we're talking about. That's that next level stuff. It was mm-hmm. cover two. Cover two turns from a zone concept to a man concept when you have a guy screaming down the field when you're right up on him. You know, when you're running that vertical route, if it turns into a vertical route, as a cornerback, you have to latch on man. If you don't latch on man, it doesn't give that safety to get him, Rodney McLeod, to get over the top fast enough. Right. You know, so. And and these are things that you would expect Rasul Douglas to struggle right. with. Right. A young Jalen Mills. Yes. Not a guy who's been in the league nine years. But there's another issue that doesn't really have much to do with ability because let's face it, anybody at this level has plenty of ability. Mentally, man, he shot. <laughs> Duh, I, he... I mean, it, it, it really amazed me. And that's one of the things, and I know I keep mentioning Rasul Douglas, but, you, you know, that's one of the things I've always liked about Sewell since I met him uh, at, at the Senior Bowl. Anytime you talk to him, he's right here. Yeah, yeah. Right? And there's none of that looking away or any. He's right here. And that's Why, a confidence as a confidence, man. Confidence. Exactly. As a man. And it starts as a man. Right. And Patrick Robinson doesn't seem to have that. I don't understand what the issue is with It's him. something as simple as come up to a man when you shake his hand, you look a man in his mm-hmm. eyes when you shake a man's mm-hmm. hand. I teach my son him. that. When you talk to somebody, when you look in the way, it just shows the lack of confidence you have in a man staring at you. You can't be that way. Well, his confidence level, I, you know, your guy. Your guy, Nelson Aguilar, last year, mm-hmm. he lost a little confidence, but you see the confidence come back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see the confidence come back. His confidence is there right now. I don't think Patrick Robinson ever had that confidence. I don't see it because we're talking about that's a basic. Cover two is a basic coverage. It doesn't matter what you play cover two in Tampa, Indianapolis, uh uh, Chargers, or, or, you know, Minnesota, the Charge, wherever you play, cover two in Dallas is the same, but cover two in Philly is the same, cover two in Baltimore is the same, and both of the New York teams. Cover two is cover two. Right. And he just doesn't have the discipline to understand conceptually 
why he's getting beat. He doesn't. It, it's like it's not. It's not computing to him. You know what I mean? So yeah. what I mean, but you know another guy we didn't talk about. Who's that? Jalen Mills. Yeah. He's confident in his speed. And I didn't think that he would ever get to that point where he's – but he is confident in his speed. He's confident in how he can run routes with these receivers. Mm-hmm. He's in their hip pocket and talking a little bit too. His footwork, he's you know he, he's made his footwork a lot better. I don't know what they did down there at LSU when he was working out or wherever he worked out at. But he has a confidence now, and they found a new, you know, Coach Underland has a newfound respect for this young guy. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, it's just something to now. I, I I never I never evaluate based on schools, right? But I will say this: it's something about LSU DBs yes. that that have that confidence. Even Ron, Ron Brooks at, at LSU, he didn't play much, Absolutely. you know, but he has that confidence, and, and that's badger. something the honey badge. PP seven man, we go on and on. Eric Reed, you know, there's a <laughs> hey, that's that's DBU for exactly. sure. But one of the things that I've always liked about Mills, and a lot of people forget, he played a lot of safety at LSU. So you have that that route recognition ability. You know, he he recognizes routes. That's one way that he makes up for his his deficiencies as far as the long speed is concerned. And I'm going to tell you what, man, he's a lot similar to Asante Samuel and how yes. he will jump routes yes. and, and pick them off and take them to the house. You saw him do it on, on Carson uh, in minicamp. So, yeah, Jalen Mills is somebody that I, you know, he had no business being a seventh-round pick, first of all. Right. You know, he, he's, he was a third- to second-round talent by all means. Watched him down at the Senior Bowl dominate. And you just love what he brings to the table. I play. I, I actually did four games last year with ESPN. I did two games the year before at LSU for ESPN. And every game. He is a guy that started from his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Rookie year. You don't do that at LSU. He started from his rookie year. He started on the slot. I mean, started as a, a slot defender at first, you know, little safety, hybrid guy. You know, he worked his way up the route. He wore the number 18, which a lot of players are striving to at that DB position, even, even defensive position, period. To wear number 18 yep. is a sign of respect at this major university, and he wore it. So I like Jalen Mills a lot, and it just shows his confidence and his ability to run with receivers, his his, his confidence in the speed, and his confidence to understand what somebody's trying to do to him. Now, yeah. fellas, I want to jump in here because there's a lot of people that are, are having the same discussion. I think we all as fans as, as whatever continue to have this thing as well. Like, is this – are you guys feeling comfortable that this Eagles team can go in with Jalen Mills and, let's say, Razul Douglas and just be okay in the secondary? How does, how does this become – not a weakness on on the defense on the Eagles roster right now. Well, like I said, I think it's going to limit them and what they could do defensively. You know, you're always going to have to have some type of concept where you have that that protection over top. But what has to happen is up front. They have to get to the quarterback, and we'll save that for another podcast because we'll get into the pass rushing side of things. But to me, that's that's what has to happen. They need that protection up front. A lot of the the burn you know these guys getting toasted a lot of what you're hearing is from one-on-ones yeah you know that's yes. designed yeah I'm, yes. I'm a former receiver so i, I love <laughs> one-on-ones but i will admit that's designed for us to excel yeah yeah it's, it's more of an offensive drill as opposed to defensive drill because there's no way that you can be able to hold the ball like that and the quarterback just sitting back there and able to just just throw it when right. he wants to throw it you know right. there's no heat if you look at it it's all this defense 
this this Coach Swartz defense is all predicated on a pass rush. He doesn't like the blitz because he thinks his pass rush is good enough. Look at the guys he's had to pass. And Dama Kinsu, Albert Hainsworth. He had guys that could mix it up. You Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius. There's guys that could rush the passer. If he has that and his ability with these linebackers to, to, to make plays, this defense is a lot more advanced than I thought they were going to be at this point. I like their defense now starting to turn the corner at being – an okay defense, at least the top 15 defense as opposed to it being a top 22 defense. Yeah. So, all right, the question was, are we comfortable with this secondary as is? I, I'm going to say not 100% comfortable. No. So, I, that being said, Kyle Fuller is sitting out there in Chicago. This guy, the front office questioned his manhood. You know, they said that he was nursing an injury. Um he had his knee scoped in August of last year, and then it led to him being missing for the full season. He is probably on the outs. Uh, Jonathan Banks stepped up. You have uh, a guy that they signed in prison, Amukamar, as well as Marcus Cooper. So would you bring in Kyle Fuller at this point? And if so, what would you what would you trade for him? You know what? I I don't know necessarily if I'd trade for him because I think that I don't think that he's gonna, you know, be close to making that team. So yeah. I think the free the free market, this will be a a, a, a heavy experienced uh crop of free agents at the cornerback position that, you know, you wouldn't usually get. You know, Prince Mukamura is a guy that, you know, he's first round draft choice played a lot when he was at the Giants, started from day one, you know, so he's got some time and and you know, Robert, I think that he's a lot better than what we have right now at that wide corner. Um, with, with Patrick uh, Patrick Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, when I look at You brought up a name also. You brought up a name yeah, also. Yeah, sure, Tracy here. Porter. Tracy you know, Porter's we a guy, about. yeah. And, and I'm shocked that he's that he's still available. You know, I, I like bringing in Kyle Fuller. He was, when he was coming out with that draft class, I remember Justin Gilbert was in there, uh, Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby and Kyle Fuller were my 1 and 1A. I really like Bradley Roby. Right, right. But, you know, I did bring up Tracy Porter, and we're talking about, what, 13 pass breakups, I think it was, three interceptions. Now, numbers don't tell you everything. Right, But right. one of the things I always look at w- with corners is, is pass breakups because that tells me that, that you're around the football. And I need you to be around the football Absolutely. if, if you're, you're my cornerback. Now, granted, you got guys like Revis. You got guys like, like uh, uh, Dion who rarely got challenged, but – I need someone who, when they are challenged, they need to, to step up. Yeah, and I think that he could be somebody to come in and not just be uh, a, a, a guy that they bring in. All right, you know, we just want to bring you in. He's a guy that could just give some experience to exactly. these younger players, number one, but still has enough gumption and enough play that he can go out there and make it happen also. And the thing is, you know, I, I remember uh, in school, I had, I, I had, when I first got there, there were a couple older receivers that you know kind of took me under under their wing you know and and they would give me pointers and then go out in in games and and use those pointers to score touchdowns right right Corey Unlin said Patrick Robinson is a guy that helps out in 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 the in the film room and and that's I can't see that right now that's what I'm saying. That's fine and dandy but if I'm Rasul Douglas if if I'm Jalen Mills if I'm Mitch White if I'm CJ Smith 
Are and this guy me? is telling me something, and they're going out and getting roasted the way he's getting roasted. Later for that, bro. I, I, I don't know that I would listen to it. Bro, I had guys like God, my, my rookie, I had guys like God McIntyre was my, my left guard. <laughs> the former Riley, Exactly. Won all those rings, you know, was in there with the with the, with the pass play with the tight. And I, I had Riley McKenzie, one of the original hogs. So uh-huh. when they spoke, I listened. Because yeah. they go out there, and it was proven results. I saw God Mack. He was the most explosive guy I've ever seen. He could explode in a, in a phone booth. He's the light Jesse Armstead up when he was <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the Giants, man. So I I, I love playing, you know, listening to those guys. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I lead by example because I saw the results. Of exactly. The so should exactly. Patrick Robinson bring the readers to Razul Douglas next time rather than Razul Douglas bringing the readers? <laughs> to? Yeah, yeah. You know, Rasul was coming in the locker room with three water eyes. Right. I, I saw just, that. I gave him like, Sue, baby, what is you doing? You know, I had to give him one of them. You know, <laughs> I did have to buy my rookie. I had to buy water ice. For the offensive line, every practice. That means twice. We had two a days when I played. Mm-hmm. Two a days. So the morning practice and the evening practice. I had a water ice that that day. It'd be uh, uh, blueberry one day. It'd be uh, cherry one day, man. Whatever they ask. So I mean, I understand that. At least well, only have a cup. Fortunately for Sue, it was free. Right. So that's a <laughs> right. good thing. That's a good thing. So we're just carrying it up. So folks, this is what you get every Tuesday. Okay. Yes. You this do. isn't your your normal run of the mill podcast. You're going to get a, a quick. Hitting deep diving podcast from Barrett Brooks and myself, Teron Davenport. Stay tuned each and every week. Green Nation, baby.